Hello, and welcome to this episode of One for the Road. Today, we are with Thomas Lutz, and we are talking about life, work, and faith, and how they are actually one. This is a very passionate topic for Thomas, but I hope this blesses you like it blessed us. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of One for the Road. Well, we're excited. We're here today with uh, Tom Lutz, and I want to be the first to say I I knew him when he was nobody, or just about nobody. He is soon to be Dr. Tom Lutz. I'm kind of struggling with how I will uh, have to address him when he gets his doctorate from Covenant uh, as D-Man, but uh, I just remember him throwing up in a bathroom uh, airplane coming back from India many, many years ago that. and kind of falling asleep actually, in the bathroom. I knocking fainted him. and fell on the floor of one of those little tiny bathrooms. Kind of his claim oh, to God. fame. <laughs> what you I fame? mean, you know, I mean, the thing, how, what is it, two by two, three yeah, by two? Yeah, so yeah. We quickly removed you from your pedestal. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was feeling relatively impressed with myself till I moved in here. Yeah, yeah there you go. It's the whole no. point of Randy's office. Yeah, making it small, uh, humbling place to be. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're so glad to have you. Tom. Tom is uh, seriously one of our favorite people to to have on the podcast. We've had him on before, and he's just a wealth of <coughs> knowledge because he's well read. He thinks well about the gospel and business and ministry and just a bunch of other things. So just a great, great friend and. So uh, we're going to just open the conversation up today. And, Bob, you want to start off with just kind of generic thinking? Yeah, tell or? us about that plane incident again. <laughs> uh, I've actually forgotten about that. Okay. <laughs> it's suppressed. Uh, I think what led to it is one of my rules had always been when you go to a place like India, which is where we were, yes. don't eat sandwiches with mayonnaise. <laughs> and I broke my rule the the afternoon that we were to get on that plane and um, suffered the constant and then what was it 36 hours traveling later Uh, started with that that's probably when the first hour or two Uh, it wouldn't have been as bad if it was on the back end but it was the front end end. that's terrible (laughs) at least I was sitting close to the bathroom well there's a Hundred jokes there right now. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Clean clean us up here if you yes. Um, You uh, you know we've talked about that you've been involved in discipling uh, business owners, right? And uh, you know how long you've been doing that, and what are you learning as you do that? Yeah. So how long have I been doing that? I mean, in some ways. You know, my partners and I, and CMD, when it was sold, had 1,800 employees. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot, of, a lot of people, and a lot of younger people were coming in. So in some ways, because most of the partners uh, were believers, just, just as we nurtured the future leaders of the company, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of when I began doing that, and that would have been mid-'80s. Um, when we sold CMD, it was around uh, 2000. I left in 2001. And I've just always had, as you guys know, I've got a passion for what the Bible says about work. And so, I, you know, um, as I try to decide after I left CMD, what was I going to do next? It just was, an, you know, I spent eight years as a pastor, as you'll remember, and I spent uh, 18 years as a business person, some of those overlapping. And so I thought because I speak both those languages... You know, I speak pastor and I speak business guy. It's a little bit unique, right? Not everybody can do that. Um, And so I just kept sensing God's call was constantly back to help the average, and in my case it's business owners because that's where my background was, help the average business owner to understand that their call 
to shepherd that business is every bit as significant in God's eyes as their pastor's call or a missionary's call or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, not more important, but certainly not less. Mm-hmm. You know, that God cares that that work be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's just where my, where my, my passion is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... Um, and then when you see... You know, over the years, I've part of the um, uh, group Randy was familiar with. That we kind of we, we did a, a year-long journey group, but we spent most of the time talking about theology of work because they'd all been through the journey a couple of times. So they just wanted to kind of explore what the scriptures say about work. And I would say all five or six of the men that were in that, even though mature believers, you know, these are men that had been were elders in several cases or, or in process for leadership at, at Perimeter. Um, at the end of that, they said, you know, I didn't really know how to take God to work with me. Mm. You know, one of them went so far as to say, you know, I, until I really now understand God's kingdom calling on my work, I used to think when I flipped on the lights on Monday morning that God held his nose and said, oh, what are you doing there again? Mm. Can you imagine? Mm. You know? Uh, and this is a mature you know, believer. Mm -hmm. But he just didn't, he just couldn't believe that God wanted him to do the work he was doing. Mm -hmm. Now he's like, wow. You know? And part of what we did was we went through the Bible. You know, if you think about the Bible is a book of people working out their salvation Mm -hmm. in their occupations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Name me an Old Testament saint. Moses. Moses. What was Moses? Shepherd. Shepherd. Mm -hmm. Name another. Abraham. What was Abraham? A caravan leader? Seller of camels and sheep? Mm -hmm. Right? Um, Someone told me, yeah, if you think about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's kind of like a dysfunctional family business. Right? Right? But we don't think about that when we we go read that. But that's everybody in in the Bible. All the characters are characters who are um, working out their salvation. In and I would assume with that with that uh, person uh, that that perspective is not unique, you know, kind of the held my nose. Um, oh, I think it's common. Yeah. Now that that may be a bit extreme, but it's not knowing how to bring God into the workplace is very common. Right. Yeah. And the whole kind of bifurcation of, of mm-hmm. uh, the sacred and the secular. Right. Okay. Which I would assume that you know, I mean we've been brought up in that, which sure. is. What you help me more Greek philosophy, I guess. Well, yes. I mean, Randy Alcorn calls it Christoplatonic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Platonic being, you know, Plato's philosophy is that everything you see here is nothing more than a physical example of an ideal form in the ether somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And that these, the, so the, in his philosophy, by definition, the physical is inferior to, to the spiritual. spiritual. And so you kind of run through the Middle Ages, you know, you go through, um, Aquinas is probably a good example, Um, and he he has a a term called the vita contemplativa, and then there's the vita activa, Mm. and the active life is, is subservient and only exists in order to allow the contemplative life to go forth. As opposed to, I think, the biblical perspective is that God calls us all to do what's necessary for his garden to be flourished, mm-hmm. which means, um, you know, I, I've said this before, I don't know, if maybe I've shared this with you, but 
Christianity is the only religion where work is part of paradise. Mm. That's a mind-blowing concept to me. Mm -hmm. When we get to heaven for eternity, we'll continue to do what we were mandated to do in the garden. Right. So... uh, challenge this, and okay. by the way, I don't believe what I'm about to say, but just okay. challenge it. Okay. So I and, and Randy Cam were involved in <clears throat> winning souls and nurturing souls. I'm even a little uncomfortable with that, but uh, mm-hmm. winning and nurturing souls. Obviously, that's more important than a guy out there who's digging a ditch for somewhere. Depends on what the ditch is for. Okay. If the ditch is to, so one of my members is a, um, a manufacturer of culvert piping. All right. Okay. So um, four or five years ago, when we had the 20 inches of rain overnight, mm-hmm. um, if that business didn't exist, if somebody didn't dig those ditches, we'd all be dead. Mm. All right. Right. Or so another way I ask is, what's more important, Billy Graham... Evangelistic Association or the existence of a trash collection industry. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. What happens if no one collects the trash? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We're all dead. Mm-hmm. Right. So Billy Graham can preach all day long, but if he's preaching to are dead people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's no impact. Right. Right? So I think about it more like, again, from a perspective of CEO, it, it'd be like you're asking me, well, okay, Tom, in your business, what's more important? Marketing? or sales, or finance, mm-hmm. or administration, mm-hmm. or HR, mm-hmm. you know, which of those, which of those is, mm-hmm. rank them in terms of importance. I said, wait a minute, you need them all, right? And that's the way I think we need to learn to think about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. We need to think about the kingdom that God wants. So he put us in the garden, and he said, okay, I want you to fill it. It's empty. I want you to... Um, uh, extract the potential. I put the seed in there, but I'm not going to pack it, package the bread up and put it on a shelf at Kroger. That's right. your job. Uh, and um, it's a little dangerous, so you got to subdue it. Okay, you got to take these wild winds and these, you know, f- uh, floods and you know all of the the the, uh, the lightning. You got to take all the inherent power that's in this thing I've given you. And your job is to take it from there to mm-hmm. what we see in Revelation 21, 22, which is the city with the, with the garden mm-hmm. in the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so I think on into eternity, we'll continue. So if, if that picture is right, Revelation 22 says, the angel took John by the hand and said, come on, let me show you the bride. Okay? Which is the church. Mm-hmm. Right? You would agree? Mm-hmm. Um, he shows him the city of Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, what he's saying there is into eternity, what the church is going to be doing is running that city in accordance with, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, okay? Absent sin, absent um, the curse. Mm -hmm. So work will no longer have the frustration that it is and will be constantly for eternity extracting potential from an infinitely potent world because right. we'll never exhaust the potential that God is, has placed in there. 
Well, let me ask you, we've yeah. had this conversation before, okay. uh, are we going to, the three of us sitting here talking to you, are we going to be unemployed? One of my heaven, heaven business ideas is I'm going to have an employment agency for ex-pastors. <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, you know, we laugh about that. So, you know, well, I'll probably be working for you. <laughs> you, you, you want, we want to learn. See, here's, here's where I think we need... If I could get the average pastor to grasp this concept, um, it would be so much easier to disciple and have impact in the lives of the members. Because right now what happens, um, you know, and I know because I talk to these guys when y'all aren't around, you know, they're, <laughs> they'll talk about, yeah, but, you know, I, you know it, 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 it's almost the impression that comes across, and I'm not you guys, of course, and I don't think perimeter, although to some degree perimeter has this problem, comes across as we're sort of second-class citizens and our job is to fund, you know, mm. just mm-hmm. sit there, be quiet, fund. Bank account. And because, you know, I, uh, Tim Keller's book, um, I think at the Center Church, said the average, uh, <clears throat> the average person will, will spend 2,260 hours in the, in the church, 96,285 hours mm. at work. Mm. But yet... We, we seldom, if ever, hear from the pulpit the truth applied to or illustrated from our workplace. So at the end of the day, what, what I just when you sit there for that long a time, right, mm-hmm. and you, know, you just get the impression that, well, there just there must not be. Mm-hmm. There Let's must not get a message. I wonder if I can get the white hot spotlight off of us for a second. Okay, yeah, good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, let me let me let me throw education under the bus here. This yeah. will this will end up being a shameless plug for Metro Atlanta Seminary. Oh, good. In the yeah. end of so my favorite that, places. It'll be a shameless plug. But this whole idea of businessmen, they go through business school. Right. They got the marketing exactly. class and the MBA and blah blah blah. Yep. And right. but where is the Christian worldview being? Why are they not getting educated there? Uh, I'm assuming secular schools just don't do that. Are there Christian schools, and, and again, we talk about the seminary in a second, but but is that part of the answer here? Is so. that this business schools need to educate businessmen in a holistic way of doing business mm-hmm. as opposed to, no, yeah. we're just going to yeah. teach you accounting and marketing? And Well, again, I, it, there are schools that do There are Christian business schools. Um, but we don't really have a language to talk about those things. So I, I, you know, as um, mentioned, the dissertation I'm writing. Um, one of the thoughts that I've, I've kind of extrapolating in there was that I think part of the average business person's uh, problem is we've come to read the Bible. I'm going to use the term out of context. Okay. okay. Um, uh, Hugh Welchel has a great book called "How Then Shall We Work." Mm-hmm. He runs the Institute for Faith Work. And economics, I think it's in Washington, D.C. Former president of Reformed, what's Orlando? Reformed mm-hmm. Seminary Orlando? RTS Orlando. RTS Orlando. Mm-hmm. He, says, he says that there's the difference between what he calls a two-chapter gospel and a four-chapter gospel. I don't know, have you ever heard that, that concept? Okay, so that you have because you heard it in class. There, um, the two-chapter the two gospel basically says what's most important is a fall and a redemption, okay? And of course, absolutely, you know? But, but what he says is what we fail to recognize is that that nexus, fall and redemption, redemption, 
and I don't I don't mean this to to, to downplay it, but redemption is a tactic to return us to something which precedes mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is creation mandate, and then what follows would be restoration, mm-hmm. right? And so the first, if you're only reading two chapters, I mean two two uh, um, yeah two chapter gospel fall and redemption, you're reading the Bible in a redemption context. All right, so I go read something, and I think it has to do with redemption. I mean, it does, obviously, but, that, but that, that's the whole context. Whereas we need to teach our, our uh, marketplace people to read it in an image-bearer context. Okay? In other words, have to read that. So one of my favorite verses on this is Ephesians 4.11. We just covered it in my class last night, actually. Ephesians 4.11 says, It is he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, mm-hmm. some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers mm-hmm. to prepare the people of God for... The work of the ministry. Works of service. Works of service or works of the ministry. Mm-hmm. But either one of those mm-hmm. is, is correct. The average person sitting in that pew thinks what that phrase means is church work, Mm -hmm. okay? So when I come and ask Randy to disciple me, what I'm asking him to do, because I don't know any better, what I'm asking him to do is is to find a place in the church where I can follow my calling be an usher be a greeter whatever parking yeah. lot team guy because that's what's important mm-hmm. that's what keller said in his mm-hmm. book also he says mm-hmm. he says we've we've created a mindset where people think that what what um and i'm, I'm not blaming pastors for this this is i'm talking mm-hmm. that as we talk as business people mm-hmm. where we think that ministry is what happens on weekends or nights mm-hmm. the problem is then that leaves this whole unholy unwashed 50 hours a week that you know um, a lot of pastors don't know what goes on out there. Yeah. So, the, so the works of service, let me ask you this, the works of service, going back to God's call to Abraham mm-hmm. to go and uh, ultimately come through Christ is to bless the nation. The works of service are to bless the nations. The nations. Yeah. P- part of which is, is redemptive. Right. Mm-hmm. But part of which is make iPhones. Right. See, I wonder, you know, as you're saying that, Tom, for the first time I'm thinking, how would that change our evangelistic strategy? Oh. Our evangelistic strategy is get saved, get saved, get saved, be redeemed, be redeemed, two chapter. As opposed to, if you're talking to a businessman, right. it changes the way you evangelize. Oh, them, absolutely. Oh, well, change. So I'll give you, give you an example. So we had years ago, CMD had... Um, uh, as it got down near to the end, we sold construction information. We were one of the largest companies in the world that did that. And we would go around from time to time to do what you probably did in the medical arena, benchmarking. Mm-hmm. You go and you compare mm-hmm. kind of stats with, with peers mm-hmm. just to kind of see, you know, how are we doing mm-hmm. and compared to the industry. Mm-hmm. So we happened to be in, um, we happened to be in uh, uh, Germany with a group called Bertelsmann, which was a comparable division of of information group out there. And during the course of the week, so remember, most of my partners were believers. So we had, you know, we wouldn't, we we never evangelized per se, but we would talk about how our biblical faith infused our, um, the way we did business. Right. At the end of the week, Matthias Krups, who was the head of that group, Matthias came up to me afterwards and he said, 
you know, we do this with a lot of groups around the world, but there's something different about you people. Mm. Yeah. And I, you know, so I reeled them into the boat with my, uh, with my, uh, uh, what do you call that thing? Fishing my fishing rod. <laughs> my fishing rod. <laughs> Hmm. And I said, well, so, Matthias, what are you talking about? He said, well, it's, I don't know. You, you, you like, we, you know, the way you did this particular strategy or, or the way you treat your people because of this or the way you seem to love each other. Hmm. And so here's the difference. I could have gone to him, and I'm trained in, in the evangelism explosion. I could have cornered him that evening at dinner and said, if you come to the place in your spiritual life where you know for certain that you go to heaven. And Matthias, probably being a, a totally secular European would have just looked at me like I had four heads. Mm-hmm. Instead, what's happened is Matthias came to me because we lived a calling before God, an intentional, an calling. intentional calling before yeah. God mm-hmm. in the way we ran mm-hmm. our business. Mm-hmm. He came to me and said, "I want yeah. that yeah. for my mm-hmm. business." Mm-hmm. Okay, the man's a believer today, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why? Not because I'm so clever, but because he was attracted to what he saw. Yeah. Somebody, you know, a group of men, and I, I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, but it was a group of men who were desirous, and women at the time, mm-hmm. who were desirous of being faithful to God's call to us to shepherd that business. Yeah. For the floor. So at the end of the day, I've, you know, we had 1,800 families that weren't naked, weren't hungry, weren't thirsty, mm-hmm. weren't in prison mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we shepherded those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you used something that we did in college called Gospel Thread. Okay. So instead of, okay. I mean, I'm a, I'm a crew guy, so I know right. four mm-hmm. spiritual laws, perspective mm-hmm. cards, like all those different techniques we use mm-hmm. whenever we went overseas. Yeah. But something that I learned later in school was the idea of instead of trying to introduce somebody like in a almost, you know, attacking kind of way, corner right. them, right. hit them with questions, you introduce threads of the gospel through just natural <laughs> living, natural life. through right. And... At, over that time frame, over that time period, you've already given them creation, fall, restoration, right. just by naturally yeah. Yeah. weaving it into your everyday life, every mm-hmm. everyday conversation. Mm-hmm. It's it's more of a natural flow. And crew did a great job. At least at Georgia Southern, we had groups in every facet of of life mm-hmm. at school, so we yeah. really couldn't afford just to give a one package deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To everybody, because we had people in in AACP, Greek, mm-hmm. band, dorms, football, yeah. cheerleading, tennis. Like, it was all over the place. So it's like we really had to disciple people in ways of these are the people you're going to be around. So we need to teach you how to do yeah. this in a yeah. sense of I'm not going to teach you the same way I'm teaching mm-hmm. the Greeks because yeah, they're no, just not going to receive it the same people way. People have to be yeah. different. Yeah, so I guess if I were, you know, if I were king at Perimeter, what I would say is, we ought to really be thinking about when we're doing discipleship, we ought to be saying to them, what is God's unique call on your life? Mm. And then me as the discipler is not to help them do what I'm called to do, but for me to help them do what they're called to do, to help them. And that's what I think the works of service idea is. Figure out, you know, you're called to collect the trash. How do I, how do I help you shepherd that trash collection in such a fashion that your people are cared for and your um, uh, community flourishes. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we can take the, the last part of our conversation there, Tom, talk a bit about um, what you see in business right now with the world turning as yeah. quick and as fast. I yeah. mean, when you started in business, they were using key punch cards, right? The, the, uh, the actual dead, the abacus was in fashion. Uh, and key punch, way, way I, I actually... Did you have a calculator? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> my first classes, I didn't. Yeah, well, I didn't either. First you know, you had one of these crank things. Exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the whole, um, the, did you go down to the data center? Yeah, where you no, put the cards in. I, I actually operated that when I was in college. That was really? my job was operating the punch card. I'm punch letting card you guys things. age yourself right now. <laughs> before, before we before we do that, I'm going to put in a shameless plug <laughs> yeah. for the seminar, oh, yeah, which yeah, is in the spring. Yeah, yeah. We have a class called Kingdom Purpose Workshop. Mm. Which someone can audit if they want to hear more about this. It's an eight-week class. We'll end up doing creating a life plan during that period of time. But that just, you know, might yeah. be a good way and for that's people. Good. And just to add on to that, the seminary, Metro Atlanta Seminary here has, uh, it's a Master's in Divinity you can get. We're accredited now. Um, but there's a track that's a businessman's track. It's a business ministry track where you're actually, the practicum work you're doing, you're working that out on the job, so to speak, literally. And I believe that's the only seminary that I know that has that. So it's a pretty unique, and Tom, Tom right. leads that for us, so it's really awesome. So tell us about the future. What, what, do, you, what do you see going on there with the, the innovation happening so quickly and fast and just the stuff for business? Yeah, it's, it's flying well. hard. You know, the... the um, uh, Another thing why I think it's so important that we get this message to our members, I think I think a lot of um, a lot of Christians in business are really intimidated. They don't know what their rights are mm-hmm. to, to share mm-hmm. their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know how to, and so they just kind of watch. You know, as our culture is sort of slipping away, uh, they don't really know how to engage in their workplace from a calling by God to be there position, mm. you know? Uh, and so, um, I don't know, that's, uh, I'm not real encouraged. Well, it's interesting you say that because it, it makes me think of, you know, a, a Christian businessman saying, I want to be a Christian, but if I am, will I get accused of hate speech? Precisely, not, yeah, I'm exactly not, that kind even of thing. I mean, I'll sell them the cake. Uh, they can buy my cake. That's okay. Mm-hmm, it's not about, mm-hmm. but if I'm saying something or doing something, someone comes right. to my business, right. am I going to be, you know, crunched here yeah. by, by doing yeah. this? So how do yeah, I, I be Yeah, I think um, there's an interesting book uh, by um, Doug Spada. It's called Monday Morning Atheist. Mm-hmm. Doug was a nuclear submarine scientist. So he's oh, relatively smart guy. Fella. Smart guy. Uh-huh. Relatively smart. Kind of like Bob. Yeah. I, I, did, I, did, I did that part time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can have a <laughs> as a <laughs> physicist. Um, but, but, Doug, but Doug's book, he says, you know, he said he's the challenge is, is people go, and, and frankly, they do this because it's convenient. You know, I call it don't ask, don't tell. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not the pastor's problem because I'm not, I'm not knocking on your door mm-hmm. saying, here's what. I'm clear about why God called me to this work. Help me get better at it. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that, look, I'm going to write you a fat check every month, put it in the thing. Don't ask, don't tell. Mm-hmm. I'll keep sending the check. You don't meddle in my mm-hmm. business. You see? And so what, what I do, you know, as, as a convened chair when I'm working with these business owners is I, I ask and I tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because, so I'm in, in that work. So I'm like, I'm like a pastor in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, it's, it, and just, but, but these, the guys, and you know some of them, some of them are perimeter members, mm-hmm. just, God's just warming their hearts to, 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 I mean, when you finally figure out that what you do and what you love to do 40 or 50 hours a week is God blessed mm-hmm. and God called, mm-hmm. that forever changes. Yeah. You know, you're not just there so you can buy a fancy car. Yeah. 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 Well, I, uh. I just love listening to you and, and hearing you share your heart and um, kind of where do you see 
you know, in terms of are you going to continue along this vein of just trying to get that message out there more and more? And, yeah, I so um, I am working on dissertation. It should be should be done. I think the last final draft will be done at the end of November, so it's getting close. Right. Mm. Um, uh, and I also have been doing a lot of, of speaking, public speaking, around through particular convene groups on the topic of theology of work. So I'm right. hoping uh, if I can find somebody who would take my notes and, and, and write, turn that, both of those into a book right. in the spring. Um, but for me, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm 62. I got 10, 15 years left. Sure. Um, I think where God's positioned me is to work with those business owners mm. to really help them understand they are the pastors of their businesses. They are the shepherds of their businesses. Mm. Uh, and most importantly, to get across the idea that God cares about the work itself. Mm. You know, not just what spiritual growth may occur there mm. or mm. that I might evangelize there, both mm. being important. Uh, but that God cares. Dorothy Sayers, maybe a good quote to end on. Mm. Dorothy Sayers says, what the church should be telling a carpenter is that he ought to be making good tables. Exactly. That's what, that's what we need yeah. to tell him. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks as always, yeah. brother. We'll have you back here again. We just yes. uh, love and appreciate It's always fun to be here. Yeah, my favorite are. guys. Yeah. Glad to have you here. So uh, for those of you who are out there and uh, listening, just uh, keep on listening. Again, we're always looking for people to subscribe to One for the Road. It's free for you and your friends. So keep passing the word out there and we'll keep hopefully producing good uh, podcasts for you to listen to that hopefully are thought-provoking, uh, cause you to think a little bit. And uh, Tom's the kind of guy through us you can get in touch with him. If you're if you're a business guy, business owner listening to that saying, thinking, man, I'd love to connect with Tom Lutz. Uh, we can help you do that. Get in touch with us. We'll connect you with him and uh, and go from there. A good, good guy to know to, to get a cup of coffee with. So, uh, well, thanks for listening to this edition of One for the Road, and we will hope that you will listen to us next time. <laughs>